This is a session for uh, mentors and those who want to be mentored. How are we doing? We're on the back stretch. Last breakout. <laughs> Last breakout session. Last day. Has it been a good conference? Any any highlights? Well, the rest of the morning should be a great hi highlight, and we pray that you'll have a lot to take home and to focus on and to think about and pray about. Um, this session is um, here today because uh, GMHC really desires that anyone who desires to be mentored towards long-term service and medical missions has one. And also, if you're here wanting to be a mentor, that you have an opportunity to mentor. Uh, John McVeigh is sort of the mastermind behind all of this, and I'm going to show you the website and what he's doing behind the scenes and what he's thinking. I think he has his own session right now, so he won't be able to make it here today. So, uh, glad you're all here. How many are looking for a mentor? Good. That means we can count on some uh, fresh medical missionaries over the next couple of years. That's, that's tremendous. How many of you uh, would like to be mentors? Wonderful. Uh, this session will show you how to do that from, from both ends. Get this all fixed up here. In a brilliant article in the Mission Frontier Journal over 20 years ago, Ralph Winner, reflecting on his experience with students and missions, um, said that of 100 young people who had a vision, who had a dream of serving the Lord in missions, only one actually went. And he spent a, lot of, uh, spent a lot of time trying to figure out why was that, why only 1% of those who had this dream to serve the Lord, only one got there. And he said one of the main reasons in his experience was that there was the lack of mentors, lack of mobilizers in terms of uh, people working with mission agencies and interagencies. Um, this, was, this was what was frustration. There was no one to nurture, no one to guide, no one at the, um, at the dots no one to connect the dots in lives as to what might be, might be next. In my understanding of a discipleship process and growth of a young Christian from my life, some of which I'll share in a little bit, um, you have people in high school, youth group, vacation Bible school, and then you go to college and you might find crew or intervarsity or navigators or other Chinese-American, uh, Korean-American Christian groups, ethnic Christian groups. And then you move beyond that, and some people just get lost. And that's one of the reasons why we have Christian Medical Dental Association. Uh, tremendous influence in my life when I was in medical school. And then you go into residency, and it's even harder to find someone who's available to be able to connect the dots of your life as to how you think God might be leading you. And for nursing students and dental and pharmacy, very similar process. And so this is trying to help connect the dots. So each one of you, uh, different ages, uh, men and women, different backgrounds, different uh, ethnic backgrounds, but we're all on a journey. I love this verse from, from Psalm. Uh, Blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord, whose hearts are set on, pil on pilgrimage. Um, so our emphasis is on where are you in your pilgrimage? What are you looking for? And we hope that we'll be able to help you um, connect the dots. Becoming a medical missionary is a tremendous calling. It, but it's probably one of the most uh, difficult callings you could ever pursue. It's not, it's not easy. Uh, for many of the reasons that are introduced in many of the in many of the talks here at uh, GMHC this this year, going into another culture, encountering other people, other ways of thoughts, other religions, other languages, 
uh, and then trying to do a medical practice in the midst of all of that. Resource poor, one of the most difficult things you could ever think to pursue. But here you are, pray, and praise God uh, that you're looking to serve him uh, long, 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 long term. If you think it's just going to be an exotic experience in a foreign land, uh, yes, I lived on a house on stilts um, in central Thailand for 20 years. I was a surgeon. I worked at a mission hospital there, and it was uh, tremendous serving the Lord, but it was anything but easy. So if you're looking for the allure and the charm, uh, you'll find it first couple months, and that'll wear off. And then you'll say, what am I doing here? Um, no wonder, no wonder my mission agency only let me buy a one-way ticket. <laughs> if I'd had a round-trip ticket, I'd have been gone. I'd have been gone. Um, absolutely incredible. So, praise God. Well, what is mentoring? Um, I'm going to ask, who are your mentors and what are the mentors? And you might be a little bit surprised that I use the word what. But you'll find out that as I'm going to talk about mentoring, there are a lot of what's that are mentors as well, uh, and we'll get to them. But by and large, what we're talking about here is mentoring is a relational experience in which one person empowers or helps another by sharing God-given resources. And most mentors will be older than you. Not necessarily, but usually you'll be older, more experienced, um, more, more life experiences, having had a chance to think and reflect, and having, and in a medical sense, having gone farther along in the training process. And just what that means. Uh, a pre-med student may have no idea what a second-year resident does in medicine or surgery or whatever. And so there's a way that there's, there's a lot of help that is available. Mentoring usually involves a transfer. Uh, you could think of it as power. I'm not thinking so much of power, but uh, in a lot of the cultures that you may be going into, knowledge is power. And so there isn't a lot of mentoring. There isn't a lot of discipleship. There isn't a lot of uh, apprenticeship in a lot of the third world because those that are the, the professors, they want to hold on to that. And they're not, so, they're not very willing to, uh, to pass on skills. And that's something that we as Christians do because knowledge is for us to share and it's to help people grow in their, in their walk with the Lord, in their profession, in their emotional growth, understanding of family dynamics, all kinds of things. Trying to help with uh, character qual qualities, values, understanding what values are, how they can help to be the foundation of our lives, reflecting on virtues, um, skills. If you want to be a general surgeon um, and you're in medical school or you're halfway through a general surgical residency, wouldn't you like to talk with someone who's been a surgeon on the mission field to find out, well, what was it like? Um, how many operations did you do that the first time you saw it was the first time you did it? And how can you do things like that? Um, so you want to have someone around who can help you work through some of those, I those issues. And then resources. Where can you find good books? Where can you talk to other people? Uh, resources and networking. And then the experience that's behind all of this. So can you think of some uh, good mentors in history? If you're into Greek history, who are some of the mentors? You think of Aristotle and Socrates and Plato. And they had their disciples and they, uh, they, they taught them sometimes in a formal sense, sometimes in not so formal a sense. And then we think of scripture and we think of Jesus and his disciples and how much he taught and how much of that was parables, but how much he modeled having his disciples live with him for the three or three, three and a half years of, of ministry. And then we have Barnabas. He's, he's at the forefront, the early chapters of Acts, because he's bold enough to go after someone like Paul that everyone who's a Christian in that day is scared to death of at that point in history. And Barnabas goes after him, and he finds him, and he mentors him, and then Paul goes into the ascendancy. And then Paul wants to share his life and his ministry, his missionary ministry, with Timothy and Titus and the many men and women that he 
Chronicles in the end of uh, Romans, Romans 16, I think 33 people are, he mentions that he had worked with and labored with, men and women. So I think when I reflect on my life, and I have a lot more years to reflect on than most of you, um, I think back to people who took me under their wings when I was in junior high school and high school in the pretty large Methodist church that I grew up in in South Jersey. And I look back on that, and some of them are still alive. Many of them have passed away, and yet they had input into my life at, a ver at very um, times when I, would, you know, had a hard time. You know, who am I, and where am I going, and no idea, and so appreciate these people that spend time with me. So I go off to college about 100 miles away from home in central Pennsylvania, and um, one of my Sunday school teachers writes me a letter. Um, didn't have any text, texting at that time. That, it would have been a good text opportunity, but I actually got a letter 40-some years ago. And so John asked me, would you like to go to Urbana? And I said, Urbana, isn't that a missions conference? Um, I'm not interested in becoming a missionary. And he, and, and he said, well, uh, these people are going to be there and they're going to be speaking. And I said, oh, I had been reading his magazine. That was Intervar the name of InterVarsity's magazine back in the 60s and 70s, his. And I had read Arthur Glasser and Eric Li um, not Eric Little, um, Paul, Paul Little, How to Give Away Your Faith, uh, these great men. And I said, oh, I, I want to hear them speak because I've been reading what they've been writing. So I went there and I was a little defensive, you know, I, you know, I wasn't really interested in becoming a missionary. And I thought the theme of Urbana would be, you know, challenging everybody to pack their bags and get ready to be missionaries. So my experience there was pretty much uh, being blindsided because uh, hardly anybody was talking about being a missionary, at least not the speaker. And the devotional speaker for that Urbana in 1964 was John Stott. And he was teaching 2 Corinthians chapters 3 through 6. And after a couple of days, I was just amazed. Because I'd been a Christian for maybe four or five years. I'd become a Christian when I was a teenager. And uh, here he was bringing me face to face with who God was and what he had done. Therefore, you are a new, a new creation. And now you are ambassadors for Christ. And I thought, wow, I thought this was going to be about missions. And here it was about who God was and what he had done for me and what he had done for the world. He wasn't passionate about missions. He was just laying the incredible foundation for understanding who God is, who's a missionary God who would like to see every people before the throne, before the end of history. Praise God. So I'm wondering, so what does that mean to my life? I mean, I, I, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I was a bio major. I liked plants. Maybe I was going to go work in a nursery somewhere. I had no idea what I was going to do. And I walked by uh, down one hallway, and there was a seminar on medical missions. And some of these people were sharing about their experiences in Africa. And I thought, oh, I hadn't I had thought about medicine, and I said, I don't like medicine because I don't like pre-med students, and my college was full of pre-med students. <laughs> and we had a term for them, and they were called cutthroat. You know, they'd do anything. They'd take books out of the library so somebody else couldn't get the books, you know, and, and study up. And I said, I don't want any part of it. But when God touches your life, it, it causes you to reevaluate everything. And all of a sudden I said, well, if I'm going to go into medicine, I guess I got to join him and become a pre-med student. So it was a rough haul. But this was how God worked in my life. And these were some of the mentors. They were short term. It was a conference. I think one of the what's of mentors can be a good conference like this and how it speaks into your life over this uh, brief period of time. So while I'm speaking, you don't have to pay attention to me all the time. I mean, reflect on your own life. Who spoke into your life when you were in junior high school or high school or college? Uh, what group did you go to? Or maybe if you became a Christian in graduate school, you know, how did that happen? Who were the people who influenced you? And that's the kind of influence that we're talking about 
uh, right now. So um, one of the, I guess this is the maybe the third time I've given this talk, starting maybe six years ago, I'm not sure, maybe four years ago. And one of the early students that uh, wrote back to me when, when I had given a talk, I said, how many of you would like to be mentored? All the hands went up. And then when I actually wrote to them, only half of them got back. And then only half of them actually went through and wanted to be mentored. So for a lot of people, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. And I know you're, you come here and it's like you're on a mountaintop and this is what you want. And you get back into the, in, in, into the midst of work and heavy pressure and all that. And then all of a sudden, well, maybe I don't need a mentor. Maybe I can slog it through. So it doesn't work for everybody. But one student wrote back to me and he said, if by mentor you mean that I'm going to have to take a course and study the Bible and study all these other things in order to be properly mentored in a formal sense, he said, I don't have the time for it. And I think that was behind, a, that's what one person wrote, but I think a lot of people were thinking that. And so I'm thinking, well, we're not talking about a formal course. And maybe you're thinking, uh, maybe it's more like a mentor light. Uh, it's a mentor light, but a mentor light with a lot of impact and with a potential impact over quite a few years. And so this is what I'm thinking of in mentor light or the mentoring that GMHC has in mind for, for you. We're thinking of information. You're a medical student. You're thinking of going into pediatrics. Where's a pediatrician that I can talk to, that I can ask questions? What's it like? Um, please help me. And so that would be the kind of information you're looking for. And then you get to be a resident, and then you'd like to talk to a pediatrician who's been doing pediatrics for 20 years. And so find someone who can speak into your life at that point. There's communication. There's opening the door. And that's one of the things that, uh, that we're trying to do, that John McVeigh and I are trying to do. Open the door so that you can find that there are people available. And if you're looking for a mentor and the first person you write to doesn't get back to you, write a second time. Third time, well, I'd give them at least a second chance. But if that doesn't work out, then get back to the website and talk to John McVeigh, and he'll find someone else. We want this to work. So communication, encouragement, uh, we want to encourage you more than anything. And with some of the, the students and residents that I've been in touch with over a couple of years now, uh, there are times when I think I need to go through my list, I need to see who I've been in touch with and go back and write to them and ask, well, how's your... How's your time with the Lord? Or how's your fellowship? You know, are, you, are you going to the CMDA groups? And just asking questions and uh, what are you reading? Or you know, just something to get something started and find out. Some people say, and I'm wondering, well, am I intruding? Should I not be doing this? And then they write back and say, oh, thank you so much for writing, for initiating. And so the initiation can come from either side. Inspiration. Um, I can be inspiring, maybe two out of 365 days. Um, other people are more inspiring than I am. But some of the books I'm reading are incredibly inspiring. And I'm going to go, uh, there's a bibliography at the end. Uh, there's a long bibliography if you want that. But I'm going to recommend some books that you can be reading. Right now, I'm finishing up reading uh, Dr. Ida. How many have heard of Dr. Ida and read the book? Great. Dr. Ida Scudder granddaughter of John Scudder, the father of the Scudder, four generations of Scudders who served over 11, over, over 40 Scudders served over 1,100 years in India from the uh, early 19th century up until the present day. And Ida Scudder was John's granddaughter and she was concerned for the women of South India and started a med medical school, Valor, which many of you have heard of. The, um, you might have gone to one of Vinod Shah's talks, and he's now the uh, president of the International Christian Medical Dental Association, and he is at Valor, where he graduated from. Uh, premier medical school, still a Christian medical school. So I'm reading Dr. Scudder, Scudder incredibly inspiring. Her life, her passion, her influence, uh, especially among the women of South India, is just, is just amazing. So you have lots of books that you can, you know, read three a year, four a year, 
and just um, immerse yourself in what God has done over the years. Net networking, many mentors can help you get in touch with other people who can answer your questions if they can't do it. And so he can open up a whole new world to you. And then, uh, and then guidance, that's what we're talking about. So what needs to be mentored? I don't have a whiteboard, so we'll have to write in the air. Um, if you're thinking you'd like to have a mentor, some of you might be thinking, well, these are some of the questions I have right now. So what are some of the questions in your mind right now that you would like to ask a mentor? Maybe you don't need a mentor. Yes? Great question. Great question. What are some uh, areas of life that maybe you feel you need some mentoring uh, along along the way? One big one is always the uh, practical integration of, of, of faith uh, of faith with medicine and how you effectively and appropriately uh, do that, especially especially in growing in cultures where um, people want to try to stay more for science and want to try to eliminate want to try to eliminate faith from uh, uh, faith from the world. So Yeah, like maybe our own. Huh? <laughs> like maybe our own culture. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Trying to do that. Exactly. That's so a appropriately integrating faith in yeah. And actually there's a group in Denver. I live uh, just south of Denver and there's a group in Denver that are getting together at do uh, doctors in practice, mostly young doctors. How can I integrate my faith with my work? not be offensive and have an impact on patients and and colleagues as well. Yeah, excellent. Yes? Um, what are some of the challenges that a DO might face going into other countries where they have different attitudes about DO doctors versus yep. MDs? Yeah. And that's a specific question that I received a couple of years ago from one young lady who was wondering, well, I've been accepted uh, to a school of oste oste osteopathy. And to answer that, uh, most, most, if you're going to go with a mission agency and work with other doctors, if there are probably DOs there all, all, already because in most places of the world they've been accepted just like an MD would be because they're beginning to see that the training is on a par and the, the yeah. Uh, specifically to that, the, um, being a DO, that there is, the DOs do have a specific board for international medicine Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, discussion about MDs and DOs and pretty much interchangeable in most parts of the world. Yeah. So these are these are some of the topics that uh, people over time have said that they want to be mentored in. So we're talking about, of course, spiritual growth. And when uh, when I'm at the when I'm at my OMF booths and you with other agencies are at your booth, I mean, they're asking, well, what's the most important thing in preparation? Well, if you if you don't have a close walk with the Lord, then you're you know forget about medical missions. Because you, you really need to know the Lord. You need to know how to feed yourself out of the word. You need to be self-sustaining. And you need to know how to um, interact with other Christians, have fellowship with them. Uh, these things are fundamental. And so your walk with the Lord is number one, more important than anything else. But, of course, uh, we have people that are spiritual giants, but they're emotionally kind of challenged. And so you want to have people who are, are emotionally healthy. And so when you go to a mission agency, um, I think every good mission agency will do a personality test. Uh, many do the DISC. Uh, we did the DISC for many years, D-I-S-C, uh, for different aspects of personality types. And then the Myers-Briggs. Are you an ISTJ, an ENFP? Um, I say, well, mine's not on that list. I'm an ESPN. And, and <laughs> so they get a smile. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and then fa family issues. Uh, we, 
we work with a lot of Asian Americans, but I'm not Asian American, but I had the same issue. We, my family didn't want me to go. My dad was so happy when I became a doctor. And imagine when I told him that I wanted to be a surgeon in Thailand. Oh, so discouraging. So we had to work through that. But even more so with uh, Korean American, Chinese American, other Asian American cultures, uh, many of these Asian parents have left an Asian country for whatever reason, political reasons, very difficult. And now their kids want to go back and they're thinking, what did we do wrong? And so you'll need help. And there are good books. There are excellent books. And, and mentors can help guide you through some of these areas. Um, marriage and singleness issue. Um, some are married and wonder why they are. And so they may have some issues to deal with before they go. And some are single and want to get married. Uh, and how do they work through that? These are, these are all fair game for uh, running by a mentor who is uh, very willing to help out. And then some of the professional issues we've talked about, pediatrics, surgery, radiology, whatever specialty you're interested in, to find someone who can help you along the way. Communication, leadership. Um, I'll make a comment on leadership a little bit later. And then very important to uh, begin to understand world, <coughs> the world, culture and world view, to get some idea of that before you go doesn't mean it, it's, I don't, yeah. The more you know, the, the, the better it is. But when you enter a new culture and you live there for a couple of years, it's tough. And it seems like everything you read in the book you completely forgot about. You have to relearn it as you live it. And that's a, that's a real challenge. But there you have it. That's what you've, that's what you've chosen. Well, there's another way of looking about these mentoring issues. Uh, what are the topics? What are the areas you want to you wanna do? But then there's the thing, well, what are, look at the obstacles. What are the things that are big hurdles that are tough to get over or around or through in order to become a long-term missionaries, a long-term missionary? And so many of you may still be asking for God's will in this area. And you might want to ask a mentor, uh, well, how do I find God's will? I'm thinking all these, it could, be, it could be any one of dozens of things. And where is God in all this? And for, and for you who are here, you've made one great decision. You're here. And coming to a conference like this is a wonderful way of finding God's will, whether it has to do with um, a desire to grow deeper into the Lord, whether it has to do with finding a, a part of the world that you're more committed to or more passionate about than you were, or a people group, or maybe even uh, identifying a specialty uh, that you want to serve the Lord in. We'll come back to this. Um, this is a trifold, a little hard to see, sorry. Uh, it's a trifold that was handed out here for many years. Uh, on one side, it was like... Um, a diagram that would go, what do you call that? A flow chart, a diagram flow chart from high school through professional training and how to get there and what the issues were at each stage. This deals with the obstacles. Let's see if I don't trip on anything here. So we have um, financial planning, fundraising, marriage, singleness, parenting, whatever that was. Mentor, organization, uh, foundations, family support, fear, all of these potential obstacles to going. And when you go down the line, you have um, things to think about, issues, key resources with websites, books. I mean, it's just incredible. Most of this information, I, I don't know if we're going to have this again. I was hoping to have them and to pass them out, but uh, we don't have any more. Uh, but most of this information is on the website that John McVeigh has. Uh, he's written a book. How many of you have seen Ask a Missionary? Not many of you. Okay. He's written a book, Ask a Missionary. You can also Google askamissionarynospaces.com. And all of these issues are there. Did you know that there was a website for parents of missionaries where they can network with each other to talk over some of their issues and their thoughts? I never knew that until I looked at this. It's absolutely incredible. 
And so these are potential obstacles, how to find God's will. Family resistance, we've touched on that. Uh, marriage, parenting, uh, singleness. Many young parents are asking, what about my child's education? Where do we, how do we educate them? Is it going to be in a local school? Is it going to be in a boarding school, which was the standard for over a century? Are we going to send our kids away? Uh, is it going to be homeschooling? What are the options? And every part of the world is going to be a little bit different. Um, international schools in most every capital of every country in the world, but they're very expensive. Can you afford it? And so there are all these issues that can be um, discussed. And then finances. Anybody in debt around here? <laughs> Sorry about that. A couple of years ago, I was at uh, one of John McVeigh's panels and they were talking about fi finances and, um, and debt. And one young lady put her hand up and said, I have $500,000 of debt. How can I get ready for the mission field? Well, I I hope, I don't think any of you are up to $500,000, but there's an organization called MedSend.org where you can, you can get in touch with them. Uh, MedSend was pioneered by CMDA and then split off of CMDA about 20 years ago specifically to deal with the issue of debt for uh, young people who want to be healthcare missionaries. And so any healthcare, uh, healthcare missionary can apply for a grant, excuse me, I said that wrong, can apply to have their, um, their monthly payments taken over by MedSend while they're overseas. I think you have to serve a minimum of three years or four years. I'm not sure what, the, what that is now. But it's not only to think, oh, somebody can pay my debt while I'm overseas serving the Lord. That's wonderful. But they can also teach you how to live like a missionary right now so that you can live more frugally right now. Uh, maybe make better financial decisions, how to get better loans to look at the interest rates. And so they can help you think financial right now. Uh, Bible training, uh, if, when, where. That's another question that men mentors can help you deal with. Cross-cultural training, finding an agency, fear. My wife and I went to, uh, we were in Singapore two years ago, and we were invited to the uh, OMF center. They were, the OMF Singapore was having a number of their short-term people come in for um, like a follow-up session, and about 15 or 20 of them there. And we, we went through this, the same kind of thing. What are the obstacles to going? And one young lady said, fear. Said, I'm scared. And we said, well, you're, you're here at this meeting. And she said, well, I just know I should be here. I should, I should be obeying God. But, there, but there's this fear of going overseas and a new culture and all the things that I don't know anything about. And so uh, we, were, we were thrilled that she was so honest and that she did show up and that she was there. But uh, probably no one who thinks about going into long-term service um, doesn't have a day or a night when they're wondering, what in the world am I getting myself into? <laughs> and then the best saying that I've ever heard, I can't remember the source, is don't, don't, don't doubt in the darkness what God showed you in the light. And many people move forward because of uh, the good decision that they made at one point in their life, even though they know it's going to get tough. So I told you the books were coming. These are some of the uh, books that I can recommend to you. And all the books on my shelves I haven't read. All the books I'm going to show you uh, today I have read. So have you heard of uh, L. Nelson Bell, Billy Graham's father-in-law? Well, he was a missionary surgeon in uh, in eastern province of China for many years. And Billy Graham called his father-in-law, L. Nelson Bell, one of the major influences in his growth as a Christian as he was getting older. Tremendous story. So Dr. Ida, the book that I will finish up when I get home on uh, Monday night. Tremendous story of this lady. Then there's a comparable story of uh, uh, an English lady named Edith, a uh, doctor, an English doctor named Edith Brown, maybe a couple of years before Ida Scudder. 
she went to the Punjab in northern India, and she was committed to the women of that area, most of whom could never even get any kind of an education. And she founded Ludhiana uh, Christian Medical College in North India, initially for women, and then it became co-ed afterwards. Incredible people, incredible stories. And then one of my heroes when I was going through medical school and into residency, uh, Dr. Paul Brand, uh, Ten Fingers for God, written by Dorothy Clark Wilson and Philip Yancey. Philip Yancey uh, helped out in one of the second or third editions of this, of this book. Um, if you don't know his story, orthopedic surgeon went to India. He made some um, uh, incredible pioneering discoveries of the nature of leprosy. And you read the book, it'll just knock your socks off. It's tremendous. Uh, another couple you should get to know is Tom and Cynthia Hale. Uh, I got to know them through the Christian medical, uh, the, through the continuing uh, medical dental education conferences in Malaysia. In my early years when I was in Thailand, went to the conference, met them, and found out they're from New York. I'm from New Jersey. We have some churches, some common churches that support us. And so in the early 90s, I saw Cynthia at uh, one, of the, uh, one of our missions conferences. And I said, so, so where's Tom? What happened to him? And she said, oh, he's off. He's, he's writing a book. I said, what? He's a surgeon. Surgeons don't write books. They do <laughs> surgery. And I was just shocked. And um, so it took me quite a few years after that time to actually pick up one of Tom's books and read it. And the first one I read was Don't Let, Let the Goats Eat the, the Loquat Trees. And he's got a great sense of humor. But he must have been keeping incredible journals over many years. When you read the stories, when, when you pick up one of these books, just choose one. Um, they're incredible. You'll be inspired by the people, by their vision, by what they did. But learn about the people they worked with the country they worked in, and think culture while you're reading the book because you'll learn a lot about the culture of the people and especially in medical missions what they had to put up with um, and what they had to learn as they went through all of this. So he also wrote on the far side of Liglig Mountain, incredible living stones of the Himalayas, and then a more general book uh, on being a missionary. And here's one quote from this book that I love. Medical missions, whether domestic or foreign, is the most useful, fulfilling, and challenging career open to any Christian health professional. But it's not easy. We signed away our lives, the story of Evergreen in China. Uh, again, an incredible story of how God worked through generations and how God worked through the death of a China Inland Mission missionary in China in the 1930s that 60 years later led to that same family being invited back into that province in China to start a ministry like their grandfather had. Um, and it's a, the grandfather's Chinese name translated meant evergreen. And that's where the name of the ministry came. And then a more contemporary story, Grasping Heaven, uh, the story of Tammy Fisk, her personal uh, medical struggles and the ministry she had among a remote um, people group in the mountains of Sichuan province in China. And then you all know David Stevens. Uh, he wrote a book called Beyond Medicine. About This was published two years ago. And he deals with the other things that medical people in missions may need to deal with, like leadership, like dealing with boards and fundraising and uh, issues like this. So this is the other things that you may be asked to get involved with when you're involved in medical missions. So here's the uh, book that John McVeigh wrote, um, Ask a Missionary. And um, the book is excellent. The website has even more information than the, than the book has. So uh, from the, I guess from the talk I gave two years ago, I was in contact with some uh, medical students, and these are some of the questions that they, that they, wrote, that they wrote me. Uh, this was a pre-med student just getting ready to go to medical school. First of all, can you pray for me? 
I keep praying for discernment on choosing the right specialty. I think everyone, including my parents, advised me not to go into surgery. I just want to do what God wants, except I don't know what he wants me to do. Do you agree that having a family and being a surgeon is impossible? Hmm. I was also told that surgery is not a great field for international ministry because, and then went on for all the reasons. So you can see all the disinformation she was getting, uh, probably from her parents who loved her and didn't want her to go. And, and she was from the third world. I mean, her, her family had left a very politically hot spot. And now she's thinking of going back into a third world, and so her parents are just pulling their hair out. Uh, what are they going to do? So it was wonderful to, uh, to write to this young lady. She's now an internal medicine resident. She didn't go the surgery route. And when, when Wani and I were traveling east last year, we got together with her for a lunch and caught up with her life. And just incredible to be able to speak into people's lives. Then another uh, young lady uh, thinking about med school, and she asked a question about MD or DO. Um, so uh, we've, we've, we've talked about that. Um, how do you feel about being burdened with so much debt? How can I live more frugally? So she brought up that. And then what else am I forgetting in the process? When, for those of you who will become mentors, these are the kinds of questions that you may be fielding. And so this is what John McVeigh's website, Ask a Missionary, looks like. And then another, uh, all these are in the bibliography in my talk. Um, have you heard of Joshua Pro Project of the 16,700 and some people groups around the world? I think they're all here. An incredible resource for looking up um, peoples around the world and maybe praying through where God might want you to reach. And then Operation World, uh, good uh, recounting of each country of the world, uh, where they are in their spiritual growth, what the needs are, what mission agencies work in those countries, and where those countries are in terms of mobilizing and sending out their own missionaries. Just a, a little bit of a rabbit trail. One of the things that excites me about, Tha about Thailand um, is Thailand is Buddhist, about one half of 1% of the people are Christian, but the church has continued to grow for the last 30 years. When I went to central Thailand, there might have been two or three churches. Now there are over 30. Small, but they're growing. Do you know that Thailand now is, has already sent nine cross-cultural missionaries from Thailand? Thailand has a mobilizer, an OMF mobilizer, working with the Thai church to see that the Thai church doesn't need to be just on the receiving side, that the Thai church can be sending. And that's a thrill. Um, we had our international gathering last year. We celebrated 150 years, China Inland Mission, OMF. And one person who gave his testimony was the first Cambodian Christian who is, has gone to Japan. So this is happening. And in, 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 in China, the vision to send missionaries. And uh, we hosted um, Jamie Taylor, the great-great-grandson of Hudson Taylor, uh, er earlier this year in our home. He said that Chinese Christians are now working in 14 other country, mo countries, mostly in Central Asia. So this is happening, and these are some of the good stories that are behind Operation World and Joshua Project. But I digress. So this is the website. If you go to um, medicalmissionsmentoring.com, this is what you'll see. And um, I was just there, so this is up to date. Uh, John was here, and he saw it, and he approves this message. So, <laughs> so this session isn't to, isn't to answer all of your questions, but it is to show you the resources. So here's where you'd start out. And uh, so... The common topics on becoming a healthcare missionary, you click on that, and uh, this is the page you see. And these are the common topics. Uh, what about agencies? What about funding? What about singles, marrieds? How does God guide? And then you hit on one of them, and this is what you find for mission agencies. 
and you find uh, responses from long-term missionaries that have gotten back to John and uh, he's uploaded their comments on the website. And so you go down to what about funding, finances? And so you hit that link and then this is what shows up. And then um, what does that say? So www.medicalmissions.com backslash preparation. And then you, um, you see something like this, and they show you a roadmap. Where you are, you click in where you are, and you find out is there a CMDA group in the area. And then uh, talks that you might like on the GMHC website. And then so you can click on the left to request a mentor, most of you. You can click on the right if you want to become a, a mentor. And if you uh, want to be mentored, then this is what you fill out. It's uh, information about you. Because John is going to look at all the information of you who desire a mentor. And then he's going to look at the information of you who say you would like to become a mentor. And he's going to try to match you either for a proximity of where you live in the States or proximity of uh, what kind of a doctor you would like to become and someone who is already a neurosurgeon or radiologist or a surgeon or whatever. And then, so he'll look at all this and he'll try to uh, match this. So that's it. That's easy. Do you really want a mentor? John may, if you want to be a mentor, John may ask you, can you, mentor, can you mentor more than one person? Could you maybe do two or three? Because we usually have more people wanting to be mentored than we have offering to be mentors. Well, we come back to Ralph Winter, our hero. What if, I mean, we're 21 years beyond this article. What if, through our focus on mobilization, our focus on mentoring, that one in a hundred could be five in a hundred or ten in a hundred? Or what if the Lord led all of you to go and you eventually get there? What kind of an impact would that make on medical care in needy areas of the world and showing the compassionate care of Christ along with the proclamation of the word in needy areas of the world, what kind of an impact could that have? John and I love to dream about that. GMHC, as an organization, loves to dream about that. And we'd love to see you get to where you think God is calling you, and we'd be delighted to be part of the process. So thank you very much. We've got some time left. Any questions? Or maybe some answers. <laughs> yes? I take it, this, is this mentor program mostly so senior doctors can mentor upcoming doctors into the field? Yes. Okay. Is it so senior doctors can mentor upcoming doctors to get to the field, but also in nursing, See, physiotherapy, nurse, other? I was like, I don't need a, I'm a nurse, and I was looking for a mentor. Right. And I don't know if, you, if your program here is just for doctors on doctors. No, no. I mean, it's, it's mainly doctors, but it's, it's for nurses as well. Okay. Uh, but, you, but you may have to tolerate a doctor mentor maybe in an area that you want to go into because he may be able to help you as a nurse or upcoming nurse uh, get more information about the part of wor the world that you're interested right. in or okay. something like that. So there are, you know, there are sort of uh, specialty mentors for certain areas that you're interested in. But you want to make sure that you put down that you're an RN and that in your profile, and then, yeah. and then John will, will see that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yes. There's an organization, Nurses Christian Fellowship, that's here also that yes. I think might be able to help you also. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are you part of Nurses Christian Fe Fellowship? Nurses Christian Fellowship? Yeah. I'll have to go give them a look then. Please do. Uh, they're still with InterVarsity, right? They're a part of InterVarsity? I'm not sure of that. I just met them. Um, yeah. Grace, Grace, Grace Tazelar is here. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you have time to tra track down Grace, but she's been involved with Nurses Christian Fellowship for many years. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
Yes. Is there a place for someone to be a mentor who's maybe done some short-term mission trips but not long-term? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you can mentor to where your experience is. If someone's asking what it's like, you know, to live in a place five or ten years, well, you can't speak to that. But you can, you can mentor to the extent that your experience allows you to. And I think, I think that would be fine. You would have a lot to offer. This is uh, the question is, how long has this been going on? About for uh, the intentional doing this through a website and uh, and the intentionality and and actually having the uh, the the groundwork, the foundation for four for four years. And we hope it will take off. We hope that more people will take advantage of it. And uh, and when we go to the uh, CMDA national conferences, David Stevens, um, Susan Carter, they're asking the doctors from around the country to be mentors. Even if they haven't been medical missionaries, they can still mentor pre-med and medical students through that stage. And then they'll want the medical missionaries, if they're interested and feeling God calling them to the uh, long-term medical missions. And so uh, when I get my talks uploaded, the Word and the PowerPoint, you'll have um, a short medical mission bibliography, uh, you should have somewhere in there. Whoops, somewhere in there should be. Uh, ah. Um, I don't think I put my uh, my email address will be on the Word document. It's not on here, but you'll have a way to get in touch with me if you'd like to ask me questions as well. So thank you very much. God bless you on your journey. Thank you.